Hello and welcome to the podcast of Tech EU. I am your host, Andre Degeler. This episode of our show is sponsored by UiPath, one of Europe's most prominent success stories. The company is now valued at 35 billion US dollars and it is actively giving back to the community. If you are a startup or a scale-up from the CEE region or from Turkey, you can apply today for the UiPath Automation Awards. In store for the winners are cash prizes, mentorship, substantial tech and marketing support, and much, much more. Look at the show notes right now to find a link to the awards page to learn more. Now, in today's episode, our editor Robin Wouters talks to Varga Moyet, the Chief Strategy Officer at UiPath, and Reshma Sohoni, a founding partner at Seedcamp, one of the early investors in UiPath. Listen to this conversation and learn more about how UiPath started and raised its first money, and what advice Reshma and Varga can give today's aspiring entrepreneurs. Hey, this is Robin Waters from Tech.eu, and I'm joined here remotely, of course, as usual, unfortunately, uh, by Reshma Sohoni uh, from Seedcamp, of course, and Varga Moyet, he's the chief, chief strategy officer of UiPath. Both companies, I'm guessing I don't necessarily need to introduce to the audience, uh, but I'm still going to give you a few seconds to briefly introduce yourself and the company before we kick off the conversation. Reshma? Sure. Um, pleasure to be here uh, with you all. And uh, uh, so, so yes, I'm one of the co-founders of SeedCamp. We started about 14 years ago. We invest pre-seed and seed all across the European footprint, especially Central and Eastern Europe. And uh, we were very proud to be um, one of the first investors uh, in, in UiPath back in 2015, when, when they were indeed, you know, a, a small, small rabid group um, in a huddled in an apartment in Bucharest, uh, kicking UiPath off. So, and, and what a journey it has been since. Very happy to be here. Yep, I can't imagine uh, anyone not knowing what UiPath is at this point. But Varga, maybe for those ignorant ones who are still not in the know, what is UiPath? What do you do at the company? Uh, UiPath is basically the uh, global leader in a category of enterprise software called uh, RPA, that stands for Robotic Process Automation. It is, if you will, a white-collar robot that can emulate what uh, humans do in front of a computer. And it's Great. a company that was founded in Romania, as Reshma just mentioned. And you're all at the company? I'm the Chief Strategy Officer of UiPath. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Because uh, <laughs> it means different things in different contexts, doesn't it? Well, it, in my case specifically, it does mean strategy, but not in the how the way uh, I used to do it in the previous life, a three-year plan. It's more conversations that I have regularly with the founder as well as the executive team on a quarterly basis or where we take the product, the roadmap, etc. Uh, it, I'm also in charge of pricing and licensing, and I also spend quite a bit of time with our largest customers to continue to understand their needs and their issues, because you cannot do strategy in a vacuum without being constantly listening to your most important customers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for the, the brief introductions. I'm tuning in from a hotel room here in Tallinn, Estonia, finally travel again. Where are you guys tuning in from exactly? Rashma, are you in London? I happen to be in Florida. In Florida, of all places. Uh, Varga, you're also in the US, aren't you? No, I'm actually in Bucharest. Ah, there you go. So we're we're pretty spread out. So I'm happy we made this work. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and joining uh, this podcast interview. Um, Reshma, I'm going to start with you. You already mentioned you were an early investor in UiPath. Were you already quite familiar with the concept of uh, RPA uh, when you came across uh, the company, uh, if you remember? 
So uh, not really RPA and, uh, and, and, you know, definitely heard it first time from, from Daniel, I, but, but I think you can't, you know, either as an investor, I really believe either you cannot generally invest in things you cannot envision or have experience with. It's one or it's one or the other. So you either need loads of experience or you need an incredible imagination. <laughs> and in the case for me with, with UiPath was the experience. And, uh, and also as an investor, you really do need to build your build your expertise around pattern recognition. And so, if you wind the clock back, kind of ten years before um, before meeting Daniel, even longer, actually fifteen years before, is I worked a lot in business process outsourcing, business process automation, which is this experience I talk about, which is being in India quite a bit because I my one of my early roles was in venture capital in US and India, so. You know, um, Varga just talked about a white collar robot. And that's what I saw is like, you, you couldn't imagine if you didn't see it is literally thousands of, of humans working at computers, doing a lot of copy pasting from screens to another or from paper to paper to screens. And honestly, most Westerners never have seen that because it's, it's hidden. Like that, those folks are hidden in call centers and other places. Right. And so, so that experience when, when Daniel talked about automating a lot more of the, the rote kind of, uh, rote work that, you know, that a robot can do, right. So that humans are, are left more and more to, to do the, the higher end work. I was like, I get this. I mean, this is clear as the uh, clear as the day, right? And so, so they're huge experience. You know, huge factor the experience of fifteen years saying, you know, surely this there's there's automation here to be had. There's innovation. This is the time for fifteen years later. So, so yeah, for for me, it was like this. This makes total sense. But RPA was an unknown term, um, really at that at that point, and no real market there. As we've learned over you know over the last six years, as the whole kind of Gartner has has woken up to and started started covering. So yeah, really really fascinating when you think back to it all and how co- you know connecting those dots over twenty years. Yeah, uh, quite a journey. Uh, Varga, basically, same question for you. How did you um, sort of how, how familiar with you with the, with the sector of robot um, process automation uh, when you joined uh, UiPath back in the day? Well, when I joined, I was quite familiar because I actually discovered Daniel and RPA literally my first week. You, know, I'm, I'm Canadian and I moved to to Romania for personal reasons, and and I took over the. Um, uh, advisory services of EY in, in in Romania, and literally the first week I had joined, there was this young consultant, really junior. He, he was walking around the office telling everyone he's done something really cool in in, in with the EY uh, UK office. So this is October, uh, this is October 2015, and it's called RPA, and he does, and and nobody was listening to him. It was just like everybody, like, okay, okay, you did something cool. We understand you're excited. You went to London, but I, I was always curious because I come from a background that always lo- I always love tech, and I took him to lunch and said, explain to me what this is. So he explained it to me. And a little bit like Reshma, I immediately say, uh-huh, I think if this is real, there is really something into it. And he had basically worked on a project with uh, our uh, British uh, colleagues in uh, London uh, on the co- uh, software uh, in a company called Blue Prism. I remember walking back to the office, literally, I said to him, I wonder if there is 
there are other uh, uh, enterprises that do that. We, we literally type RPA <laughs> on Google, and lo and behold, comes a company called UiPath that w- with an address in California. I said, oh, there is another American company. And then we look at the names and this, and we see Romanian names. So this is Romanian. And then we discover that there was these guys were like three blocks away from my offices. And one day we just pick up the phone and decided to meet them. And I had the first uh, lunch with Daniel, and then I really liked it. And the guy looked at the product, the junior. He said, oh, it's even better than the British one. I said, okay, that's your patriotic side that's speaking. But let's try it. And then we decided to try it with one of our clients. And I, I'm going to say the rest is history. So I discovered the uh, uh, UiPath and RPA around uh, 2015, more or less. I assume the same time as Reshma. Yeah, I think 2015 was also the original investment uh, made by, by Seedcamp. Correct, um, yeah. When you made that investment, did you, of course, you imagined this company being really big and the market being really big, as with all your investments, I assume. But did you, did you ever envision how, just how big and how quickly it would grow? No, and I think that um, probably the, the, the latter one of how quickly is, is probably the even bigger surprise. Because as you said, I think in the, in the first instance, you, you are thinking about what can this look like as a hundred million revenue business. And I think, you know, there, and, and, and for I think any entrepreneurs out there listening, you do need to find whether it's venture capital or maybe it's not venture capital. You need to find the right fit kind of investors. And so we're very clear. And as our, as downstream capital of, you know, the, the likes of Sequoia's and Axel's index, et cetera, are clear as well is that we really want to see how with our investment and our network, you know, how do you get to that 100 million revenue and beyond, of course, which, uh, which where UiPath is, but to, to see that, I think you're, you're always envisioning that and, uh, and, and what kind of market can be built, but still, you know, I think Europe got, you know, it said in Europe, oh, we don't build decacorns. Well, here, here's one more. And not only is it a decacorn, it's multiples of that and has no, you know, ambitions of slowing down. Right. So, so I'll address your, your second point again, which is the speed. I mean, I, it, it sort of broke all the rules in its, uh, in its journey, especially I think those for, uh, formative years. I think that's a tough time where, where you're, where you're really sort of, uh, juggling, you know, use of cash because you're still raising smaller amounts. Um, in their case, large still and, you know, definitely kind of, uh, disruptive, I think, to, to what we, the pace we were used to working with, but still sm- small enough um, amounts and to, to balance that with how fast do you move internationally? How, you know, how much, uh, how much do you grow people wise as, as well? How fast, how many locations, the cultural aspects of ingesting so much business from a customer standpoint as well, again, uh, you know, with, with employees. I mean, that was just staggering and, uh, and boils down to, I think, Daniel's ability to really bring on pretty fantastic people, you know, Varga and, and, and others as, uh, as well into the team, because as much as we put founders on a pedestal, it, it really is the, the team and, you know, the, the CXO suite and, and the kind of senior manager suite, particularly that enable all of that execution to happen. So, you know, a lot of board meetings where kind of scratching our heads with Daniel saying, hey, I'd like to open three countries simultaneously and, you know, uh, and start to recruit and recruiting agencies and, and so forth. It was a lot to, you know, a lot to digest very fast. And I think our, our view on it was 
the numbers kept showing that it was the right thing to bet on. So we were led by revenue is that, you know, we, we, we sort of invested perfect timing on the hockey stick is like, it's not so obvious it's a hockey stick, but you can tell there's something happening. And so a lot of the expansion was led by customers. And when, when, when I talk to some of our younger companies in the portfolio, you know, it, watching from that example too, is like, be led by your customers and there will be money there. There, you know, there will be capital there. There will be a lot of appetite there to help you grow extremely fast if you're led by revenue, led by, led by customers. So that was a big indication to us that it was the, probably the right, right pace, um, as scary as it was to invest behind that pace. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Varga, you were sitting on the rocket ship. So what was it like from your perspective and how much bigger can this get? Not just the company, but also the, the total addressable market. Well, I mean, I, I, I had an interesting, as I said, I discovered uh, uh, UiPath in 2015 and I was I had an informal relationship with Daniel from 2015 to 2000, uh, early 2018 when I joined formally where he finally said, you know, how much longer you are going to advise me and not take advantage of your advices. So come, it was a tough thing when you were a partner at UI to, to do that move, but I'm very happy to, to have done it. Uh, you know, one of the things we we do and, and, and we did very well, and, and again, a lot of kudos to, ten, to Daniel's mindset and his ability to change and, and grow is, uh, and, and I think somebody, then I discovered somebody has actually written a book about it called the Blitzscaling by Ray Hoffman. We, we, just, we, we kind of did it without knowing there was a theory behind it, uh, but we, we didn't sweat the details. Uh, and I think that's a very important notion. Uh, we we were led by, as Reshma said, by customers. You know, we had given a, a free download, and we will see where the free downloads are happening. You know, where where are people are downloading our software? Okay, there are so many people downloading in this country. Let's go open a, a, basically an office in this country. And 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 we didn't sweat the details. So the pace continues. Uh, to be very fast and we have not slowed down uh, even though we are a publicly traded company uh, we believe and it was actually in in our um, ipo offering that the market with today's technology uh, and today's understanding uh, of the market is probably a 65 billion dollar market globally uh, but you know this the definition of uh, RPA and automation and evolution of our product is is changing. So as 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 the product becomes richer, uh, probably the the total addressable market will also uh, expand. But uh, that you know, so we're just getting started, honestly. Uh, Varga, I'm going to stay with you for a minute because we one of the things we, we want to talk about today is also the UiPath uh, Automation Awards, uh, which we're very happy to partner with UiPath and Wolf Summit also for the, the upcoming uh, ceremony in October. Um, what can you tell our audience about the UiPath Automation Awards? What is it? When did it start? And what is the, the ultimate goal? What the uh, Automation Awards was was and still is most of a grassroots movement within UiPath, uh, mainly from the UiPather who are still uh, in in uh, Romania and in, in Bucharest. What happened as we became quote unquote famous? Uh, I realized uh, walking around the offices that many of my colleagues were being pulled in by people who are calling them directly to give uh, to help, you know, to give advice and so on. And and I said, why don't we harness this instead of each of us going a different direction and 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 giving advices. Uh, uh, and and this, why don't we institutionalize a bit? So it was a work of love, a group of us who decided, uh, why don't we actually formalize this? 
and truly in the spirit of, of giving back and, and, and trying in a more institutionalized and formalized way uh, to help other startups in our region because we thought you know this is where we're relevant and this is the region that probably needs help uh, to give a helping hand in terms of of how do you can you can actually uh, scale uh, uh, an automation uh, software and we decided to stay in automation software again because this is where we're relevant and this is what we understand and this is what we know great uh, rashma you just very recently joined uh, the jury uh, the official jury for the automation awards um were you already familiar with the concept i don't know if you were a jury member before but i was not and i was eager to 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 get asked so i'm i'm, I'm glad that i'm able to join this year one of our venture partners has been has been involved before and raved about it and we've met companies you know coming coming out whether finalists or, or winners um so i'm sure that'll that'll be a you know, your part of your question is, look, we're, um, you know, we're, it's a, it's business, right? Like we're, we're in it definitely for seeing what's, uh, what's coming out. What are some exciting new ideas and, and, and entrepreneurs? And I have to credit Varga on this is I, I've been involved in a lot of different awards and juries and man, do they run a rigorous process <laughs> with the, with the selection. And it's, it's, it's heavy duty. Like they're serious about it. So, um, I'm excited to be part, you know, part of, a rigorous process and, and clearly kind of, um, I think leaning in on the UI path team as, as, as well here to, to see sort of, you know, how these companies can fit within and how UI path can be helpful to them. So all of that is, are, are part great indicators for our due diligence when as investors, we do diligence on again, what's the potential for these businesses to work with, you know, what, what UI path today is, is a platform. So you want to be in partnership with folks like, uh, with, with folks like path and, and others in that ecosystem. So it's a great indicator for the potential success of, of a company. So I'm excited on multiple fronts, um, as being, you know, part of part, partly an investor from Pat's early days to continuing to be an investor in, in new future, uh, future paths. Great. I uh, will be uh, looking forward to those investments and uh, learning about them. Varga, when, so the UI Panama Automation Awards, of course, are focused on this EE region in Turkey. Um, you've made that very clear uh, from the beginning. It's been that way for, for the last editions as well. Now, we ran the numbers. We looked at our the TechEU database of deals. There is a lot of uh, innovation going on uh, in that region, Turkey included, uh, when it comes to automation software. But it's, it's still early stage. It's, not, it's still relatively up and coming, I would say. So is there scope also for expanding these awards to other regions uh, in the future? We want to go where we can make a difference. And, and we believe that, as you said, this region is still up and coming. So there's still a lot. And, and, and we feel we make a difference here. There was a reason that I resisted, uh, for instance, to make uh, an aut the automation award EMEA, uh, let's say, uh, wide. Because if, first of all, if, the, if it was a single edition, what would happen is that the the innovation coming from our region will have less chances of winning. Let's let's just be honest, because they are more uh, in the early days and so on and so forth. So that that would have been against the the the, the purpose. Second, there are already many awards and, and and many more help in 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 Western Europe and in Israel. These are ecosystems that are already better in place. So for that purpose, I would say that. For the moment, we have no intention of, of changing the geographical scope. There were a discussion to perhaps launch something similar in India or, or, or in that region. Uh, but for the moment, I would say we, we are still focused on, on, uh, on this region. And sometimes saying no is the best yes. 
right? Because then we're, we are extreme, you're extremely focused and, uh, and that's kind of partly, partly a big part of success too. So I think, uh, makes a lot of sense. And also one segmentation you already make is, uh, there's two winners. Uh, basically there's a startup category and a scale up category. Uh, how do you define those? What, what does that mean? Well, I mean, really, it's it's a bit of a misnomer scale up, to be to be very honest. But we had to make a bit of a difference uh, uh, because, again, the region is 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 still, you know, I would say has really started seeing movement in the last four years. So the difference between the scale up category and the startup is really the difference is this what we call a scale up is a company that already has, I would say, a couple of paying customers. It's not anymore an MVP. Uh, it already had. Uh, some formal VC investment in terms of seed or, 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 or perhaps even close to Series A. And, and the startup will be uh, basically people who are, can be as low as just an MVP and, and a good idea and a good team and a good technology. So, so it's not scale up in the sense of Series Bs or Cs, right? It's more like in that sense. Okay. Uh, Rashma, you already indicated that you look very closely at who enters this competition, especially the finalists and the winners, because uh, it's a for, sort of a deal flow for you as well. Um, but more in general terms, what would you look for in a company if you were to decide to invest? Yeah, I think particularly out of, out of these awards is, you know, true tech uh, differentiation and ability to build a moat. So, so really that there's something special with the with the technology here and uh and and a you know again ability to kind of put distance between themselves and and future future competitors so that's that's definitely fundamental in this case and as investors we look at different things with different kinds of companies for sometimes it's just a first mover sometimes it's tech and a first mover sometimes it's more more tech so but in in this case particularly around tech secondly is again that envisioning of can this be a big big market and for us as an as the as the investor looking at it is how do we get from you know i think probably the startups are going to be more relevant for us is the zero journey to the first million in revenue then the first million to 10 to 100 but really to see a 100 million type revenue opportunity and i i i do love enterprise and and b2b because you know you, you you're never shying from revenue so i i do i do love that is that there's the commercial potential you know looking at kind of really uh, contract value, potential contract value sizes, right? What kind of customer bases are they going after is to build out that picture around this sort of hundred million revenue type of business. So, so that's big. And then thirdly is, is international is again to say, how do you really break out of whether it's Europe, um, you know, CEE, but then Europe and then out of Europe as, as well, whether that's into, uh, you know, certainly the U.S. Um, but Asia as well, uh, potentially Latin America, Africa, and, and, and so forth too. So, so those three is really what I'll be paying close attention to. And at, at the startup stage, it's a lot about optimism and, and belief in it, a positive belief in what's possible for those companies. So, but, but that, you know, we'll, we'll need to form really, really good judgment around that and, uh, and get that right, hopefully. Great. Vargar, are those some of the criteria you also use for evaluation and eventual uh, selection of the companies? We use, and, and Rashma re referred to our rigorous uh, uh, selection process. We actually, perhaps because of who we are, we, we are a geeky company, we, we do uh, give 
perhaps more importance to the tech than some other awards. So we actually do a tech due diligence for for the you know the last twelve, and we actually review the codes, believe it or not. Uh, and also because again of the uh, region they're coming from. I mean, let's face it, you know. Uh, uh, in the U.S., a company can be very successful by being a marketplace, or you know, or, or selling pets uh, online, pets food online, because they're addressing 360 million people. This kind of uh, this kind of opportunity do not exist in our region. In our region, they, they better have a good technology uh, uh, so that. Uh, people would want to buy from them so that they have an opportunity to basically go and conquer the world. I remember in the very early days of UiPath, I was at a conference in Canada and and, and, and they had lined up all the competitors in the days and we were hardly known. And each one of them was saying, you know, what's good about them. And I said, imagine if we are here with the level of marketing in a small company in Romania the only reason I'm sitting here is because we have the best tech. <laughs> so the, the the point trying, I guess we're trying to make to cut a long story short, we do look at the tech. Is is this a real tech that can address a, a sizable uh, a, a, a problem and market? And also personally, I, I look at the is this a, is this a founding team that is uh, complementary, and is this a founding team that is two of the important values of UiPath: bold and humble. Uh, because with bold and humble, this is good material. It's coachable material, and and and, and you can do things. And, and these are the things: good tech, addressable market, semi-decent team. These are kind of the criteria, right? At least me personally. I know officially we have some other criteria. <laughs> These are the three things I really look at. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, this this brings me very seamlessly to the to the next question. It's also for you, Varga, uh, because this is also a topic that that came up in my earlier discussion with your colleagues Andrea and Laura uh, when we did the workshop about the UiPath Automation Awards. Uh, was you look at the tech of these uh, companies who enter the competition very closely? Now, I can imagine that there's also startups in these fields field that are thinking, you know, we are eventually going to compete with your iPad or we might chip away at their business in some form or shape. So what, what do you have to say to companies that, that, that are afraid of, of maybe, you know, sharing some stuff uh, about their tech or their innovations or the way that they think about the business model, for example, uh, and are afraid to enter the competition for that reason? Well, obviously, I don't want to sound, you know, uh, arrogant, or I can never be in somebody else's shoes. So I, I, I acknowledge and respect anybody's uh, fears or or, or 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 apprehension. But I can answer that kind of in a more generic way, in the sense that if you are a true entrepreneur and you're believing in what you do, one of the first qualities you're fearless. I mean, we live in a world where it is all about sharing and connecting and learning from each other and in, in exchanges. I, I don't think anyone this approach to be still and and, and hope that you know you, you're gonna go out the gate, you're already everything is done. I just don't think it's the right uh, the right approach. Obviously, nobody is forced to come, but I really do believe that the advantages way outweigh any misgiving that they may have. And it, it's very rare that these days you have like the unique idea of, of uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of great idea, great tech, and great execution. So I hope that people see more value than anything else. 
you know, we the proof is in the pudding. As I said, this this was a bottom up <laughs> initiative. It's not like we don't have a corporate VC arms where we're actually acquiring these companies, and actually we haven't acquired any. Uh, uh, but we do help them in in become a tech alliance, so they have access to our clients. Uh, they have access to because we do a tech uh, deep dive. We even give them tech tips on, on, on you know on the quality of their codes. You know, I, I I cannot put myself in other people's shoes, and I think you know uh, for sure I respect if somebody feels that way. But generally speaking, whether it's the UiPath Awards or any other incubator or anything, I think you you and maybe Reshma can share her experience. You you need to live in a world where you share, you're generous, you're fearless about what you do, and not kind of fearing and being paranoid about your IP. I guess that's my view of the world. Yeah, no, I think I actually do want to double down because I think that that sort of mindset, education around that mindset is probably something we need more in the region, right? In in the CE region is that is that those are the kind of attitudes and behaviors that we've seen to, to everything what Varga just said are see, you know, where we see success is the f- kind of laser focus on execution, um, laser focus on like, what can I gain versus the fear of what to, to lose? Um, what can I gain from the DD where they push me or push my engineers? And we really realize these are some of the weaknesses is not to shy away from, I didn't really want to know my, the weaknesses in my code or, or, or tech, right? It's actually embracing that. That's what we see leading to, to ultimate success. So I think it's, it is exactly kind of those attitudes and, and behaviors, mindsets, which, which this automation awards, you know, f- uh, furthers in the region. So couldn't, couldn't agree more really. Great. Uh, well, Rashma, just to stick with the CE region and, and Turkey topic just a little bit more, because uh, I know you're very familiar uh, with what goes on in, here in Eastern Europe and, and, and of course in the Baltics and, and in Turkey as well. I still remember, we, I think the, one of the first times we ever met in person was in Istanbul more than a decade ago. We have a photo to prove it. I know. I know. We have plenty. Uh, From that vantage point, like what what do you think has changed in the last, let's let's say, 10 years, uh, not just in in, in Turkey, but also Central Eastern Europe that that you've seen from an investment perspective? Yeah, you know, huge change. I think, firstly, role models. Um, We've always talked about that kind of when starting Seed Camp up 14 years ago is we absolutely need to have role models and showcase them and as, as well and, and talk, you know, show their examples, talk about them. And so uh, just a whole host of role models all across all, you know, different countries across the CE region as well. Because I think, again, as probably maybe coming from the U.S., you just kind of want to make it all one thing and it's, and it's not. It's, uh, it's very different, re- you know, different countries within the region, different languages, different, uh, again, different mentalities and, and, and so forth, even putting CEE with, you know, with Turkey, Turkey in itself as well. But so we've really, uh, well across the, the region seen you know, country by country role models and building all scales of businesses. So, so I think that's huge. Secondly, we see talent, um, spending a lot more t- talent coming from everywhere. And this is the operational talent. It's really sales development, BD strategy, you know, uh, someone like Varga joining UiPath, right? It's like we see, we see this talent coming from global experience back into those countries as well and building building teams, you know, from, from the ground up in those, in those places, whether it's Warsaw or Bucharest or Prague or, or so forth. We have a company, we have a company, for example, um, brought in an Israeli chief revenue officer, Israeli in New York, 
And he really started to build a team up in Prague. So, you know, that talent will then one day leave, uh, will one day leave that company and, and move on and do other things. Right. And so I think this proliferation of talent and role models, those are two fundamental uh, evolutions in the last 10 years, which means, you know, we're ready for the next 10, 20 years of some amazing startups and scale-ups coming out of CEE Turkey region. Now, for the UiPath Automation Awards, the deadline is very fast approaching. So if you're interested in applying as a listener, uh, you have to be fast. I think the deadline is 1 September. Uh, so don't uh, waste any time uh, if, you, if you'd like to apply. Uh, but then, Varga, I think the timeline is 20 October. There's a ceremony uh, in Poland, uh, an actual uh, real-life event that I'll also be happily participating in. What happens between the 1st of September and the 20th of October? How is the selection process? Who uh, does what when? So basically, uh, uh, what we do, we have a, 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 a almost a three-step, if you will, uh, selection uh, process. Out of the usually uh, in the last two edition, we, we had a hundred plus uh, applicants. So I, I think this year we're going to have probably even more. So we 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 take this and then. Uh, by September, around September 17, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we bring all of this into what we call 12 semifinalists. I guess that's the word I could come up with. Six in, in each category, six in the startup and six in the, in the scale-up. Whereby then we do that kind of uh, uh, in-depth uh, due diligence. We we ask to actually meet uh, with the, the the founding teams. We ask uh, for, at least for the scale-up ones to speak to one or two customers. We review the the, the technology, and after that, out of the six, uh, three are chosen to go to the final in in October during the live event. And during the live event, uh, there will be a winner uh, per category. So that's that's pretty much the uh, the the timeline of the process that that we run. So, hundred or so applicants, twelve down to six, and then to two to two winners basically. Great. And, and why should companies or, or people tune in on the twentieth of October for the ceremony? Uh, because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, I I think one of the things is. Uh, to observe, first of all, how pitches are done, but but also I think some of things we heard from people that went through the process, at least for the twelve that that uh, go toward the end of the process, they said it's almost a dry run for some of them about the things they will have to do if they want to pitch to VCs. Some of them, the scale up, have already done it, so it's just another example. But uh, even if they don't win, it, it's it's a good uh, learning process. And by the way, you know some of the companies who did not win for X reasons. Uh, the jury is not made out of UiPath, so it's not only made out of UiPath uh, criteria. Uh, sometimes we, the UiPath, don't agree with or, or we have an eye on another one that the, the, the jury uh, looks at. Uh, so the point I'm trying to make is that the, we also had a company in the past that did not win, but still ended up being a tech alliance partners of UiPath because we're, we still found their technology interesting. So... Great. So various reasons to apply, I would say. Um, Reshma, uh, maybe to step away from the Automation Awards topic for a little bit. Uh, we talked about pitches. I, I can't even imagine how many pitches you've already received uh, since you started uh, SeedCap and even way before uh, when you were working in investment. So what are some of the, I guess this is a cliche question, but what are some of the things that, that especially early stage uh, first-time founders need to take into account when they you know, apply for this sort of thing or, or pitch to an investor for the first time? 
I think the biggest thing is, you know, you've got to distill uh, each moment of the process is, or, or in any in, in any process is something different. And so I think, uh, you know, on in a pitch situation or such, you've got to distill a pretty big message into something smaller. And so I think arriving to the moment and what that moment requires is probably the big, one of the biggest things that entrepreneurs need to, you know, get their heads around, whether it's a, it's a half hour thing, whether it's a technical diligence, whether it's a quick, you know, um, quick messaging situation where they really need, you know, five, five minutes to, to tell, to tell their story as such. So arrive for the moment you know, prepare, prepare in advance. And I think the, the biggest thing again is you're, you know, if you're a startup or, a, or then the scale up is what is this point today where you need to get to the next 12, 18 months. And, and then the longer term is just to kind of paint a, a few key milestones um, picture in, in a format, you know, that's digestible and exciting. Like it is storytelling. It is exciting at the, at the end of the day. So part of it, you know, as Varga said, it's, it's, it's fun. It's meant to be fun. So, um, just clarity, clarity of purpose, clarity of vision, clarity of, of, of your tech. And on that note, do you still recall the initial pitch from UiPath back in the day? I, I do. Uh, and uh, I, I was actually, I was on the, I am on the advisory board of Credo Ventures. And so I was sitting in that room as one of the advisory board members listening to it. And, uh, and I remember I was, I was really tough on it because I had experience, right? And I remember I, I was part of a fireside chat later. And after the fireside chat, Daniel came up and said, you know, that was really tough. And thank you there, which is, there you go, right? That's the entrepreneur entrepreneur. And honestly, that's where I decided I really want to invest money in, into this business is a founder who said that was tough. And he could have said, look, you're not really even part of this investment committee. And you brought up some tough questions. He said, I love that. That's great. I want to be challenged more. And so, so yeah, I remember that moment very clearly because it's like, that's the kind of founder you want to be a, a part of their journey going forward. Great. Well, that brings me to a nice follow-up question for Varga. What are some of the things your customers, because uh, you spend a lot of time talking to your biggest customers, what are they challenging you on? What, what is the next uh, step that UiPath needs to take to keep you know, uh, a leader in this space? Well, you know, they, are, they, they, they want, I mean, they appreciate that we're trying to make a product that makes automation easier, more, you know, kind of this low-code, no-code. So they're challenging us to push the envelope even further. We, we come up with a product. We said, oh, here's Studio X. It's very easy to use. And they said, eh, it's not still as easy as you pretended it to be. <laughs> so, and that, that, that's something very important to us because we re truly believe that, you know, we, we're moving to this world where this, uh, we're going to move to what I call the co-production between IT and business people. So we always tend to be, because we are mainly uh, uh, companies of gigs, that what we produce is, oh, it's a relatively easy, uh, but uh, we want to go further. So they're the challenging us on, on, continuing to work on on products that are easy to use that uh, and, and and we call it now kind of our new direction is what we call semantic uh, automation or, or semantic AI which we we want to bring it to the point where it's the way people talk or give instruction that will be the way they will build automation uh, you know it's a it's a, it's an ambitious <laughs> goal but I, we, we think the technology uh, will allow us you know step by step together so yeah the challenges of uh, on having product that are more and more simple and that increases uh, the the solution space of what can be automated and hence which means uh, using AI more and and, and more judiciously uh, as we go forward. 
Yeah. Uh, Rashma, you've had a front row seat uh, on UiPath and the automation software space. In many days, it still feels like it's early days. Uh, but do you actively scout now for automation software companies now that you've had that, that good experience and that you have the experience and the knowledge now? Do you actively scout for more to invest in? Absolutely, because it's it's the beginning days. I mean, I think there's you know more and more complexity as as we evolve. You know, humanity, humanity's relationship with technology. Problems get solved, and then new exciting problems, next gen, next level problems come up. So, so we're you know we think uh, saying before it's the you know we're looking at the next ten and twenty years, and certainly UiPath um, being a big part of the next uh, next couple of decades and and longer, and uh, and a, and a, again a lot of the proliferation from that, and you know look the pandemic and remote working throws up a lot of interesting challenges around um, around authorization, automation, all of that. So, I mean, there's so much opportunity there. So, yep, very actively scouting um, new companies in the space. Nice, great. Uh, we're going to wrap up the interview in a minute. Varga, I'm going to give you a chance to summarize again why companies should be paying attention to the automation awards, why they should apply, and what they can expect. Well, I, I think, again, for, for the region, uh, we are a, a focused, involved uh, award. Uh, and the winners, they actually truly get the promise of our help. Uh, uh, the the startup, uh, they, they, they get in addition to our help, a 50,000 uh, euro check, which we believe for a startup can make the difference or can finance that MVP or, 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 or improve it. Uh, the, the scale up in addition to the marketing and, 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 and technological uh, uh, support as well as C-level uh, mentoring, they also get the promise to be introduced to a couple of our largest clients. Uh, so again, if you're a scale-up, that should be interesting uh, to you. Uh, the process itself is a good learning experience from what uh, other attendees have told us in the past. And last but not least, uh, you you get the attention of some of the best VCs, the early uh, stage VCs that are always scouting, as Reshma said, for the next uh, uh, the, the next UI path. And and we have in addition to Reshma, uh, our friend from Credo Ventures again. So we try also to have in the jury VCs that actually are active in the region. So for all of these reasons, uh, I truly believe that. Uh, it is an award that might not be as large or, or in terms of scope and, and geography, but it really uh, fits the purpose for those who are in the automation uh, space, uh, in, in the non-physical automation space, uh, software automation. Uh, that is the award for you. Great. Well, I think that was a fantastic summary. Don't forget, the deadline is 1 September. Uh, this uh, interview is running, I think, on the 18th of August. So that doesn't leave a lot of time. Uh, so make sure you don't waste it. Don't hesitate uh, to apply if that's, of course, uh, something that's in line with your, your business and your, your goals as a company. Uh, Rashma, any parting thoughts for us in the audience uh, from Florida? No, uh, apply fast, as you said, and good luck. And, and you know, give, give it your ultimate best shots. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Great. Well, it's fantastic seeing you, uh, sadly, not in person yet, but hopefully soon, uh, maybe on the 20th of October uh, in Poland uh, when the ceremony is held. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time uh, for this and all the best uh, for the rest of the summer. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. 
and this is it for today's episode. Big thanks to Reshma and uh, Varga for coming on the show. Thanks to Robin for recording this conversation and big thanks to you for listening. Once again, if you are an automation company from the CE region or from Turkey, check out UiPath Automation Awards. There is a link in the show notes that will bring you straight to the application form. Check it out right now. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to your podcasts, and if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineer is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Send them by email to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andre Degler, and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy your week. Bye-bye. 